Fox News alert millions of American families. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for CBS News. I'm George Thomas. We begin with the latest morning. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for CBS News. Watch. I'm George Thomas. We begin with the latest in the coronavirus pandemic. Number of cases here in the U.S. Welcome to Rise to Liberty podcast, the best podcast you've never heard of, fighting for free speech and spreading the message of liberty. Find us at risetoliberty.com for everything related to the show, including our merch, social media, episode player, and much more. risetoliberty.com slash blue dress for a special piece of merchandise that a portion of the proceeds will be donated to savethechildren.org to help fight child trafficking. Thomas Queter is rolling for New York State Senate. The people of District 52 has been used and abused by a bloated and corrupt government. Thomas has been fighting his whole life and is now taking the fight to the ones responsible. Give the people of District 52 a fighting chance and head over to tomfor52.com and leave a donation. Greasy Porcupine's Mobile Auto Repair helping the people of Arizona to maintain or repair their vehicles for a reasonable price. Little money, no money, greasy porcupines still want to help. Open Monday through Saturday, 24 hours a day. Just visit greasyporcupines.org or call 602-845-0105. Now today, got a great guest, been wanting to get him on for a minute. And uh, gonna be talking some radical shit, man. So, got a uh, Brian Kukloski, right? Kukloski. It was close enough. Okay. <laughs> Better known as. Uh, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard much worse. Yeah. <laughs> Better known as uh, suburban agorist. So, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, had a good days at work, so uh, ready to do this thing. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Well, uh, I would like to comment on both your sponsors. Um, Thomas is rolling the joke that's yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> he runs better than Albany, but he's rolling in the candidacy. I like it. Yeah, right. Um, and then the, the greasy porcupine, uh, that's a great thing that Alex is doing. It doesn't get more free market than what he's doing with that. Um, I'm hoping I get some free time here soon and I can start helping him on the East Coast a little bit with that. I, I'd really like to help him with that. So yeah. both of those things, definitely check them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're great. And they're great people, too, honestly. Like, oh, yeah. uh the, the idea that uh, Alex has behind the whole Greasy Porcupines thing. I mean, he's doing just the mobile auto repair right now, but, you know, wanting to expand it into uh, other trades and everything, like, it's just such a great idea. And mm-hmm. uh, helping people, you know, down on their luck or it, it, people that aren't down on their luck, you know, he does accept donations and everything. So it's, it's a great dude providing a great service, so... Exactly. Yeah. You don't know when uh, a $300 uh, break change is between somebody going to work or not for that week. So yeah, he d- exactly. definitely does a great thing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Thomas Queter. How how could you ever not like the guy? No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't even need to say anything about him. Yeah, exactly. Roll, rolling in. Yep. So, uh, well, uh, I guess let, let's uh, hit hit it with some of the, the biggest news. Uh fucking Kyle Rittenhouse. How do you feel about the whole thing? Um, I don't think the thing should be a trial, personally. Um, I think it's a all the, all the reasons for self-defense, right? One, he was being chased down and then he was cornered. Um, another one, he was being assaulted with a skateboard. And another one, he had a firearm pointed at him. Um, and to me, in, in my personal opinion, watching the videos... It looks to me like for a 17-year-old kid in that situation, he uh, he did a pretty good job of restraining himself, right? I mean, if you watch yeah. the video of when, uh, when Bicep 
vaporized guy. Um, <laughs> I'm, I can't remember their names. Uh, when he first pulled out his handgun and kind of pointed towards him, but not at him yet at that point, you could see Kyle like hold back from just going at it because he wanted to see if this guy was actually going to be a threat or not. Um, it was just that little split second you could see the tip of his rifle go like that and then come back. Um, to me, it seemed like he had perfectly good restraint. Uh, he wasn't just there because of that night. He was already yeah. there helping out, um, boarding up buildings and windows and things like that, uh, helping protect property. He didn't bring the gun across state lines. The gun was already in the state. He's legally allowed to carry the gun. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it really shouldn't be uh, a trial, in my opinion. But I think it's a media pressure kind of thing, and they've got to. I mean, I saw something on Twitter before we got on here saying that they're already putting out 500 National Guard yeah. uh, troops, and you know, just in case he gets you know ex- exonerated of all these charges. So it it's it's a big farce, but I think it's just another way to divide us. Um, there's other trials going on right now that I think have a little bit bigger implications. I'm not as well versed at it just because. You don't see it that often, and yeah. I don't have that much time to look into it. Um, so the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I think, is just a big farce. It's just another thing that just to further divide us, because that's yeah. all oh, you yeah. see it doing is just dividing people. Um, it is bringing people together, but it's people that would have been brought together for other issues to begin with. Um, so I'm just I'm bummed that it's even happening to begin with. Um, 17-year-old kid at the time, he's an 18 now, but... When you're living under that, from the for the past six or past year, yeah, well, well, you're stuck at 17 until this is all done and over with. So I do feel bad for the kid that he was ever in that situation. Um, oh yeah, he didn't he didn't yeah. know I, he wasn't I, planning on that. I situation. can't even imagine that the stress his whole family is under. You know his oh, no, his poor no. mom. You know, I mean I've I've gone to court for for marijuana charges when you couldn't have marijuana here. Um, and I would have never gotten in trouble for it <laughs> now, <laughs> nine years later. But just going to, Kate, to court for something like that, that you already know the outcome. Your lawyer's already yeah. told you the outcome, and it's still stressful. I couldn't imagine being in issues. I, I really couldn't, and I, I I feel bad for the kid. I really do. Yeah. it, it It's amazing. Uh, I, I was actually just in a, listening in on a clubhouse room uh, right, right before we hopped on, and, uh, you know, because Kyle Rittenhouse rooms have been all over clubhouse for the past mm-hmm. week two weeks and man just the the justifications people have for why he's guilty is just absolutely insane to me it blows my mind it's like oh he shouldn't have crossed state lines never should have been there in the first place and even so far to uh some you know some race hucksters trying to throw racism into the mix he's a white supremacist and all this stuff and it's like go fuck yourself (laughs) yeah it's it's people don't even know the laws and they don't even know the backstory they don't know and then they and then like you're saying people try to make it almost like like they're trying to criminalize intent now yeah. And that's what I'm. That's the creepy thing that I'm hearing a lot. It's a lot of people saying, "Well, what was his intent? What was his thought process undergoing all of this?" And that that's the thing that scares me, because thought police. Once we start policing our thoughts, our intents, yeah. there's we have we have no hope. And that you're seeing that with this case, and it's really starting to creep me out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I think uh, yeah. The, like you said, this isn't the only case going on right now. Um, it, I think it's important in, in the aspect of the outcome, not necessarily for him himself, but if they can, you know, essentially, uh, set the precedent for outlying self-defense, I mean, that changes the game for everything. I mean, this, this is the most well-documented case of self-defense, I think probably ever, uh, so many different camera angles, uh, eyewitnesses, um, and if if he doesn't have the right to self-preservation, then you know, God forbid anybody else like tries to shoot a carjacker or anything, you know, like <laughs> it's oh, over. and then what, oh, how how dare he go across state lines? Uh, freedom of movement is that not one of our biggest liberties that's naturally yeah. given to us? 
Um, so there's there's so many implications from this case, and it's not just the f- self defense with a firearm. Yeah. Like I said, there, there's the intent that people keep talking about the intent. You can't talk about what somebody. You can't put somebody under arrest for a thought crime. You can't put yeah. put them into court for something they might do. They didn't do it. That's that's not how the law works. Um, they're, they're innocent because they didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and and then you have. It, it's just it's it's just a whole cluster of what our civil liberties actually are, and it's a really good way to figure out who who aligns with you and who doesn't, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it it, it kind of makes me laugh though. It's that the people complaining about the state line thing are the same people that are typically on the side of open borders, and it's like. Mm-hmm. So borders only matter when it comes to Kyle, but uh, otherwise, you know, open or uh, closed borders is a terrible thing. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, and you, you you're seeing it now because the moderate Democrats feel like they have a voice with Biden, and Biden is not open borders at all. Yeah, I mean it's obvious, and um, so the the open border Democrats they they're getting kind of shushed. Uh, surely got AOC and. Uh, Elon Omar, but they've really been quiet because Biden is just yeah. pushing his agenda hard and hard in this infrastructure bill and everything like that. So it's not even the open border narrative can't even get off the ground right now. It's all about infrastructure and Kyle Rittenhouse. And yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy seeing where things are going. You know, um, it's God. It's like when somebody reminded me that it was just a year ago that this whole Kenosha thing happened. I was like, holy shit, only a year ago? Mm-hmm. Like, it feels so much longer than that. Like, the the past two years dragged. Well, I think that's by design, honestly. Um, you got to think, all last year, unless you were um, an essential worker, you were stuck at home. So, yeah. You would talk to people. I would talk. I, I went to work every day still, but um, you know, I would have friends that were working from home, and they'd be like, "Fuck, I don't even know what day it is. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what like anything is going on out in the outside world." Meanwhile, I'm still tooling around, going to work, going to you know all the basic stores that I would go to anyway. I don't go really anywhere, you know. Um, so to me, life was kind of normal. It was just a lot less traffic, but you know, people being being locked down, working from home, not even taking a drive around. It, it was this huge disparity just in my own community that of people that were for sure that it was apocalyptic outside. Meanwhile, I'm going to PetSmart, I'm going to the liquor store, <laughs> going to the dispensary, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, It doesn't really change my life at all. Yeah, n- nothing really changed for me. I mean, I was essential the whole way through doing warehouse work, so... You know, uh, in in fact, uh, for a large majority of the time, I was working in a beer warehouse. And uh, nice. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, the company itself sucked ass, but you know, <laughs> being in a beer warehouse was pretty cool. But you know, people were drinking more. You know, lots of oh, people yeah. were home. Uh, keg sales went down. You know, people weren't going out to the bars, and of course, the bars mm-hmm. were shut down for a little bit, but. Um, other than that, you know, beer sales were up and, uh, really we, we ran into issues with, uh, supply shortages, mainly of certain brands. You know, we were, uh, Miller mm-hmm. Coors products for our region. So it was, uh, you know, Paps, Coors, Coors Light, Keystone, uh, of course, a whole bunch of local stuff. And, uh, yeah, we usually run into, uh, supply chain issues with Coors Light or Keystone or something. We'd get 12, 13 pallets of Coors Light in and no Keystone. And we'd be out of Keystone for two or three weeks. And then here comes a bunch of Keystone, and it was just all over the place. But other than that, everything was normal. Well, that's what they're dealing with. They're dealing with that still. Um, not, not beer, but uh, juice boxes. Yeah. Um, I have My son's four years old, and we cannot find juice boxes. Uh, it's either like Capri Sun, which isn't juice, yeah. or it's like Minute Maid, you know, like lemonade, which is zero percent juice. It's not a juice box. We just want apple juice in a box so we can take it to school. And 
So we, then that's what the people at the grocery store are saying the same thing. There'll be nothing for weeks, then all of a sudden they get one huge pallet of it, and then it's gone in two days, and they don't yep. know when they're getting more. Um, so it that's kind of telling that it was we should it should have been a good um, foreshadowing to of, of what was to come. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, the, I mean, the supply shortages, and I don't know how things are over in your area. Uh, things things over here in Utah, it's it's interesting. You'll you'll see, depending on the store, uh, uh, particular areas will just be completely empty. Um, mm-hmm. But you go to another store, and then the the same products, it, everything's full. So it's it's like really yeah, spotty. I, I see that just in my town alone. Um, you go to the the grocery stores that are in the less affluent areas. And they're missing a shit ton of shit. Like, it's... If you were to strictly go to that grocery store, you'd be like, things are bad. Things are happening. This isn't right. But then you go four miles up the road, go to the more affluent part of the town, go to that grocery store. It's a... It's you know, a food abundance there. It's shelves are overflowing with stuff. Um, there's certain things, like the packaged stuff, like, that we shouldn't eat anyway. But <laughs> So I'm not really missing those. Um... I know we had a, a a party over the weekend, and I got potato chips. The bag of potato chips was five dollars. Um, Holy so shit! I, I I think that's a lot for potato chips, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it, you're seeing the prices, and if you're in certain areas, you're definitely seeing the shortages, like most definitely. Um, and, and really, what's screwed up if you think about it? Um, people that are in lower income areas typically eat more prepackaged foods. Well, that's what's not coming to the shelf. Yeah. Um, in our area, produce is abundant. Well, it's getting towards winter now, so it's slowing down. But during the, the beginning of this whole shortage thing, produce was abundant and cheap. Meat was expensive, and packaged goods were expensive. Um, and it's still the same, but just less and less amounts. And same with produce. I mean, we're getting out of produce season. You're going to have to start shipping it from Canada from the greenhouses, and then I'm yep. sure that has its whole supply chain. Then we're going to be out of fresh produce by February probably. Yeah, exactly, and and then at that point, what did people start doing? You know, uh, there there's some people that you know can goods and everything that only goes so far. Uh, you know, some of us go out of our way and actually can fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. You know, and that's uh, you know it it's kind of funny. It's one thing I haven't seen a shortage of, at least in my area, has been mason jars. <laughs> not not a single oh in one. my area there have been. All, really? all spring and summer and fall, you find inconvenient sizes, the little ones. Oh, yeah. Um, or the really, really big ones. Yeah. But none of the, the the regular sizes that you would typically use for canning. So actually in our area, the, the ball mason jars are in, in short supply too. And you do see them. You see them in like hardware stores and they're, yeah. they're price gouging them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen a price increase. Um but just just right around the corner uh, from my house, we have a tractor supply, and they they're fully stocked of of mason jars. We we've got a kind of a I guess it's a country store. It's called Smith and Edwards out here just north, and they they've got an entire uh, section of just canning everything canning you could possibly think of is in their section, and uh, yeah, they're fully stocked. Uh, prices are about the same, gone up just a little bit. I think that's mainly an inflation thing. Um, they're so local and uh, been a part of the community for so long, and they're not going to try and price gouge too many people. They they would piss off right. a lot of people around here. But yeah, it's really interesting to see uh, what's coming in, what's what's not coming in. Yeah, and it's it's not... It's really sporadic. It's not always what you would think. Um, sometimes it'll it'll be like, oh, they probably won't have that. You know, they they haven't had that in a couple of weeks, and then you go there, oh, they have it. So it's and it's not. It's, so it's not even like you can plan for these things. It, ju- it just happens. Yeah. Um, like um, bacon, Our, the grocery store that we usually go to. Um, Two weeks ago, no bacon at all, none at all. Oh not at the God. butcher's, not not at the butcher's counter, and none uh, like in the in the fridge, the prepackaged bacon, yeah, all gone. Um, that's bad. That's bad when there's no yeah. bacon. Wow, that I can't even imagine what that looks like. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. So that's, 
That's wild. So well, yeah, it, it's happening, and and that that's actually at not the more affluent, but it's in the more affluent area of the grocery store is, and they were out of bacon. <laughs> they had turkey bacon, but yeah. that's so not bacon. It, <laughs> that's not bacon. Yeah, that's so. Um, well, have you been able to uh, you know try to I guess plan ahead or try to like uh, stave off any of this uh, shortage? Yeah, so back when the pandemic started, we I decided it's, it's time. Like, it may have been too late. Luckily, it wasn't too late, but it was. it's better late than never. That's what I always say. It's never too late to start prepping. Um, so we had we already had chickens um, pre-pandemic, so that, that was good. I'm sorry, I got a gnat flying around. Um, so we already had chickens, uh, and we were already planning on starting a garden this spring of, of 2020. Um, so we were already kind of in that mindset and then it kind of was like, all right, now we really got to do this. So we had our first farm grow last year. It was my first time at this property and it did not do so good. (laughs) There were a bunch of bugs that I've never dealt with. Um, uh, at one point the chickens knocked down the fence and they got in all my tomatoes and destroyed all the tomatoes. Um, so it was a, it was a big learning curve last year. Um, and that, and then that's what it's all about. So I kind of did the same thing again this year, but just took more care in the way that I laid out the plants, made sure the fence was good. And, uh, we had an okay year. Um, it was still rough. I, I, I don't think, I think I need to change something up. I think I need to go to raised beds or do barrels or something like that because where I, want my garden in the ground it's it's just not the most nutrient rich of, of, of course of all places in my yard it's yeah. like the sandiest spot and the other corner where i know i have like a fire pit and where people hang out that's where like the soil is super black so um it's we got to change our our methods but we were able to preserve some stuff it was a good learning curve we got to can some stuff uh freeze some stuff just get a good good grip on everything and then we can go full scale next year hell yeah yeah good good for you uh that's uh my wife and uh my my plan is basically uh unfortunately we're uh we're actually just in our first place you know as as a couple um we got kind of lucky found found a nice uh town home uh just renting uh ever since we got together though you know we uh I guess I kind of radicalized her, so, you know, and, uh, she, her, her and I got to talking about, uh, you know, getting our own little plot of land, uh, considering, uh, you know, housing prices going up everywhere and everything, uh, we're luckily in a pretty good position to where we can still make it happen as long as we don't put it off for too much longer. Um, mm-hmm. that's, a uh, pretty much our plan is, uh, to get something and really just do it ourselves, which, which brings me, uh, so your name, suburban agorist, uh, agorism. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally believe it's the best way to go right now. Um, it, honestly, probably, uh, much sooner than now, you know, but, uh, do you want to give a rundown to people who might not know what agorism is? Yeah. Um, so, Agorism was first coined um, by Samuel Edward Conkin III back in 74, I believe. Um, he he believed that a, a free market th- it thrives best, absolutely. Um, he was 100%, um, you know, he was a big Mises supporter. Uh, free market capitalism was his way. But it also came with other things um, alongside the economic aspect of it. Um, it's practicing. It's actually practicing libertarianism, not just the the political side, voting, activism, things like that. It's um, you know growing your own food without a permit if it requires chickens. Like in my area, you're supposed to have a permit to have chickens. Fuck, fuck that. I, I have chickens, <laughs> and I tell everybody just talk to your neighbors if you want chickens, and if your immediate neighbors are cool with it then what's the issue? And there's nobody's going to call the county on you, right? Yeah. Um, uh, not paying taxes 
avoiding them at all costs, whether it's you're just going to not pay them. Um, I'm, this, I, no legal advice, but not paying them and then letting them come to you and ask for the money. Um, I ha- there are some people that have that mentality. They're, I mean, screw it. Come oh, at yeah. me, whether it's ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Come at me when it's time, but I'm not paying taxes. Um, and then, or you know, all the loopholes. Um, Dan Berman's great with with all the tax loopholes. I think you had him one a few weeks ago, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Talk to him. Um, uh, great resource. Yeah, amazing resource. Um, so and and then it's 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 other things like um, and and it's not always comfortable things. Um, it's not renewing your vehicle registration, not renewing your license, three um, D printing firearms. It's it's everything that the state would hate for you to do. Taking away any source of revenue for the state is leaning towards agorism. Um, it's it's distancing yourself from the state as much as possible. Um, it's not we can't all be Adam Kokesh and just move to the middle of nowhere and just <laughs> do our agorist anarchist yeah. thing. We just we all can't do that. So we have to abide by some sort of of status civility um, in our day-to-day lives. I live in a suburban neighborhood, thus suburban agorist, and you live in a townhome, so we have to do certain things. Yep. We, we have to pay a property tax or our house is going to get taken away. Um, we have to pay HOA fees if it need be. You know, we have to do these certain things in order to in order to stay where we are so that we can keep fighting the state. So it, I, I don't like it when people are like, oh, you know, you're not a an anarchist because you don't do this. Well, would you rather me be homeless and not be able to do anything at all? Yeah. Like so, so it's agorism is the idea of like full uh, anarcho-capitalist, you know, libertarian lifestyle. Um, but we have to recognize that you have to do it in some sensible fashion. Um, yeah. I am a registered libertarian, so I I go against the agorist mindset by by practicing in politics. Um, but I see that as the best avenue for now um, until maybe we don't need the Libertarian Party anymore. We can keep pushing these ideas without a party at all, right? Because yeah. we got to change people's minds, change people's lifestyles. Um, get pe- The best way to do it right now is just tell people not com- to not comply, whether it's vaccine mandates, mass mandates, vehicle registration, um, just anything that the state is trying to coerce you or force you to do or threaten you uh, if you don't do it, just don't do it. If we all just stop doing all these things, then what are they going to do? They can't can't arrest all of us. Um, I think Spike Cohen has a good little, I don't know how accurate the numbers are, but it's somewhere, it's 1% of the population enforce the rules. Um, so if like three to five percent of the population just doesn't comply, they can't enforce any of those rules anymore. Um, and that's something that people need to realize. Um, if you're scared because oh I don't I don't I don't my license isn't up to date and you know I can't spend the two hundred dollars to renew it or whatever it might be, I'm gonna go to jail. Well, if everybody just stopped renewing their license, they can't throw everybody in jail. Yeah. So it's this fear. It's this. It's this. This fear. This false um it's almost like a false authority that people think that the government has over us because it is a false authority nobody has authority over your life except you um and, and and as soon as people can stop can start thinking like that start thinking that you know authority is who you grant it to now if you want the state to run your life then go ahead in your little communist dictatorship world and <laughs> let the government run your life and keep you safe and comfortable and blah 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 but for the rest of us that want to do our own thing that aren't going to hurt people aren't going to steal people's stuff that want to work together um that want to make the world a better place that cares about the environment all of these things that you don't necessarily always people don't always think about libertarianism off the bat but that's what it's all about um we are here because of this world we need to protect it but the government has done a really fucking shitty job of protecting it, and oh, yeah. uh, all the cronyism, all the corporatism—it's—it's—that's um, what's ruined this world. It's not us driving around in our cars. 
It's it's the giant corporations that get tax break and this and that and this and just to fuck us over and and enslave us almost. You, you yeah. can almost say that we are slaves at this point. We are cash cows. We are oh, we're we're definitely state, uh, and that's it. We're 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 tax animals. You know, we're we're mm-hmm. all financial slaves. Um, it's uh, yeah, that that's a great rundown of agorism. You know, it, it's it's just an opt out. You know, uh, it, it is, and it's not an opt out of life, right? It, yeah. it makes life harder. Really, it really makes life harder. Yeah, it's personal it, responsibility. It, it's so, <laughs> yeah, it, but it, it's 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 so fulfilling when you can do things that are on your own. When you can barter, you know, your skill for a good or something like that. That's 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 really what it comes down to. Is trying is community um, economics is keeping. You know, it's, it's it's almost an egoist kind of mentality in a way that you're more concerned about community than the nation or even or the state or even the nation, right? You're worried about your community, the people that you interact with. The way I like to think about it is, is back in the day before we had automobiles and trains and planes and everything else, where could you like realistically go? How far could you realistically go um, on a horse or a carriage or by foot to to, to trade to to you know, have have an economy. Um, that's kind of the way I like to think about is how I like to keep my money. Um, yeah. I like to go small business if possible. You know, like I said, you have to still live, so you can't do. Not there's not always a small business that's in your community that you can support. It's just not realistic. Now, if there is, that's amazing. And can I move there? But <laughs> try, but try. You know, spend that extra ten, fifteen dollars. Um, you know, make a re- you know, create a rapport with these people, and, and yeah. you you have a connection, and then you can, you know, if times are tough down the road, like, dude, I really need my computer fixed, but I I can't I can't pay for it right now. Oh man, you, you're you're good, you know, you always come to me, you send people to me, whatever. Um, I, I I got you this time, you know, don't worry about it. We'll we'll figure out the money later or something. Like that. And that's 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 community, and that's volunteerism, yeah. and that's that's a community economy. Um, it's not always, it, and that's. I don't really call myself a capitalist because capital means money, and money is what you make it, right? Money is what you make it. I'm I'm more concerned about the service, the good that's being transacted as opposed to a currency yeah. for a good or service. Well, and even with that, even if you wanted to go the capitalist route, there's other ways to go around it to mm-hmm. still opt out of uh, our fiat currency. I mean, we, we've got crypto. Uh, you know, my favorite it started out as uh, silver bullion. You know, uh, man, I, yeah. I've been a silver ape for a long time, man. I just I Good. love Great. that shiny shit. Mm. And then, I mean, now, uh, you know, there, there's a company over here in Utah uh, making the gold backs. Um, yeah, the gold backs. They're, um, I've seen them in my state, too. Um, yeah. That, that is awesome. I, I, gold backs are awesome. Yeah, the, the premium on them. Man, that's where they get you. But honestly, I'll I'll pay the premium just because of just the pure stance, the uh, the uh, ethical stance behind them. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. amazing. A- yep. Anything to get my uh, my wealth, my uh, my value out of U.S. money. <laughs> Any way to get away from exactly. the credit cards, the debit cards. Um, Loans, any of that, just put my wealth into something else that is not U.S. based or credit based. Then I'm all for it. And so, I mean, you can go that route. And yeah, honestly, the the most basic form of that is skills. You know, what can you offer? Mm-hmm. What can you actually do? And I I think uh, people hear agorism, right? Agorism and of course, there's like those hardcore people, Adam Kokesh, you know, just living it to the most extreme, and that's great. Um, but sometimes maybe it's just, you know, somebody living in a normal community, but they go to a butcher instead of, uh, you know, buying their meat at a right. grocery store chain. It's just right. these little changes that you make in your life might cost a little bit more up front but you're keeping your money local um 
and it is really about building those uh, uh, relationships in your community. Um, I, I think that's one of the most important things. Uh, we, we've gotten to a point in our society where most of us don't know our neighbors. And like that's mm-hmm. just such a shame. It really is. Um, I don't I don't always party with my neighbors, but I do. You yeah. know, we, we talk every day. Um, you know, when I got chickens or before I got chickens and wouldn't talk to them, say, hey, I'm going to get chickens. I'm not getting any roosters, but I'm getting chickens. Like, if you have a problem, let me know. Or if they get, if you know, if when I get them when they're too loud or something, let me know. And um, all of my neighbors love, because I'm kind of sandwiched between three houses, actually. Um, and then I have woods across the front of my house. But um, the the neighbors love looking out and looking at my chickens. Um, my the, my one neighbor behind me, she's a she's an older lady. She's she's like probably in her seventies or something. And I was talking to her one day, not long ago actually. And um, she was telling me how much she enjoys looking uh, at my chickens from her back deck because when she was a little girl, um, her aunt lived uh, like in, in Virginia or something like that. And she just, that was just one of the, like, the good memory she had of her aunt's house was her having chickens just running around the yard. Yeah. So, and I hear that, like, you know, these older generation people love that, that I have chickens. So it's, you know, it's, it's a connection that's gapping generations now and it, and, to harp on the chickens because I'm a huge chicken advocate. Oh um, yeah, it, it, you know it, it's it really it, it spans generations. It spans parties. It spans, um, you know, income levels. You know, background, socioeconomic backgrounds, and everybody can get on board with chickens. So that is, if I have one tip to take from the night, is get chickens. <laughs> yeah, if you can get chickens, and if not, get quail. You can have quail inside. They stink, but you can have you can have birds inside, and quails have good eggs, and they're good for meat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and quail tastes great, honestly. Yeah, you know. delicious. Yeah, but chickens, that that's honestly at the uh, the top of my list. Uh, one of the first things we're, uh, we're doing as soon as we get out of here, because the benefit is just, it outweighs everything, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, their, their care is pretty simple. Uh, considering uh farm animals you know i i was uh i worked on a farm for several years it was a vegetable farm and i was tasked with taking care of the animals uh goats there was a couple of alpacas uh, a couple of donkeys and everything and the chickens were always my favorite though unless i was bent over trying to feed them and they would jump on my back or something you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah and and they and they are they they Oh, they make good pets. I mean, we, we don't use ours for meat. They're for eggs, and they're pets. We we love our chickens. Um, my son, he's four. He likes helping take care of the chickens. He likes getting the eggs out of the coop and helping me feed them. And he'll chase them around. And when he has, you know, their little little cup of chicken treats or scratch, they know what it is. So they chase him around the yard, and they, he laughs. And it it's a good it's a good way to show him responsibility. Um, something other than you know our dog inside. This is. This is a little bit different than an inside animal, right? Because they live yeah. outside. They give us something that we actually consume. So it, it's, it's. I think it's, a, it's a really good learning um, experience for my son. Um, and I, I hope he has chickens when he's older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, so, kind of relate this to something that you know, I, I bring this up to a lot of people, and I, I think it opens a lot of people's eyes. I, I think you'll kind of agree. So. I mean, I'm sure you know, you know, back during the Red Scare, you know, the duck and cover under uh, school desks when the bomb drops or whatever, is during that time period, there was uh, the U.S. Civil Defense, and they, they would promote things to Americans, uh, you know, having the bomb shelters or whatever, but they, they would also promote Americans to be as self-sufficient as possible, grow little gardens. Um, be able to supplement your lifestyle in any way you could just in case something terrible happened or just to help supply chain issues and everything Mm -hmm. um when this whole uh pandemic came around it there was nothing like that nothing coming from the government about you know take care of yourself this is how you do it um i mean even with the masks 
there was no instructions on how to properly use them, how to properly dispose of them. There was no, um, I mean, supposedly these masks, right, are all covered in nasty COVID germs and there's no place to dispose of them anywhere at all, right? In the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. The parking lot, your glove box, you know, your back pocket, whatever. Just keep reusing the same one. Um, <laughs> and then right at the start of this, there was the, uh, the, the, the great toilet paper shortage, you know? Um, I, I think all of these things combined should really show people that having a little bit of food on hand, uh, whether it be uh, fresh food, uh, storable food, emergency food from whatever company or like homemade dehydrated food or anything, mm -hmm. Just having some extra supplies on hand um, is not the craziest thing in the world. And that no. with uh, the supply shortages now, you know, there, there wouldn't be su supply shortages if uh, they were American-made products. And, you know, it's... Yeah, and if, if people were able to supplement um, their weekly groceries with something from their garden, right? You could just do... Say, Pick the thing that you eat the most that you could reasonably grow and just grow it, right? If you if you eat a lot of potatoes, just grow just grow potatoes. They store for a long time, right? And so it's it's just like little things like that. Imagine imagine the if everybody who loved baked potatoes. That like my growing up my, my dad his favorite side was a baked potato. So he probably had it two or three times a week sometimes. If we had, if we just, uh, growing up, the garden that we had in my parents' house, just made it all potatoes, we would never have to buy potatoes. Not because, not buy them because they're expensive. Potatoes are cheap. But we wouldn't have to rely on the supply chain giving us our potatoes, right? And then when you have that staple that you know that you can propagate, you, you've, learned all the in and outs you know all the bugs that eat them you yeah. know all the funguses diseases you know what what conditions they like what they don't like and you and you're the potato growing expert next thing you know you're trading your potatoes for tomatoes and then the tomatoes for cucumbers and, th and then the cucumbers for chicken eggs and next thing you know you have a full pantry just from your potatoes and yeah. you still have potatoes so it, it's just like it's that mindset that people need to start doing. People need to start talking to their neighbors, figuring out what neighbors are growing stuff, who has chickens or turkeys, quail, whatever it is, and and just start start trading with each other. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't need it, just trade, right? Just move these things around because somebody might come over your house and see that you have a dozen quail eggs. Oh, would you get the quail eggs? Oh, we just traded them for some tomatoes. Do you do you want them? You want the quail eggs? Like, and then next thing you know, your friend is 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 hitting up your neighbor for the quail eggs every month just to have around the house, right? So yeah. it's it's we just got to start doing these things. We we got to stop being so scared of each other. Not even before the pandemic, we were scared of each other. Um, oh yeah, you know it, it's it's cool to be an introvert, which I'm an introverted person, but. You gotta put yourself out there, right? Yeah. You, you, you can't. Too much relies on you not building relationships. Um, honestly, that's the only reason that I've gotten to this point where I am is because I build relationships with people, and people are willing to help you. You help them; they help you. It's 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 all mutual. It's volunteerism. Um, yeah. And I just try to I try to live that. Um, I'm not the best at speaking it. Um, but I, I just hope people see my actions, at least people that actually see me like in real life, see what I do and can say, hey, he's doing he's doing some of that shit. I can do some of that shit, too. It's yeah. not it's really not that hard. It takes a little bit of effort. You get a little bit uncomfortable for a little while, but it all works out. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so much more rewarding, honestly, when you can uh, profit from the fruits of your labor, whether it's. Uh, just that one simple thing, that one simple choice. I I don't know what it is. The, there's just a, a certain amount of pride in it, you know. And it it always oh, made me feel I'm, great. So. Well, yeah. I mean, and and that's 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 what it's all about. And and that's why um, I wasn't good in school. I wasn't good. I I mean, I stopped going to community college just because it it wasn't for me. Um, but I've I've been a chef. 
and then my son was born. I was like, this doesn't pay enough to have a kid and be a chef, <laughs> but that's that skills that I learned. Um, and now, now I'm a welder, um, actually an aerospace welder. So it's, it's, let's pick up these skills where you can. Um, I didn't search, I didn't go into being a chef thinking I'd come out an aerospace welder, but that's just the way it's the way things down. I, I made relationships. I met people, opportunities arose. Um, you know, it's part of part skill. I happen to be able to do these things, but you don't have to be a chef or a welder to have a skill. Yeah. Um, you, you can knit. You can. It, it, it's anything. You can communicate. If you can communicate well, if you can advertise, if you can make design, if you can draw, if you can paint, it's all of these things. Because at some point, somebody is going to need that skill, and if you can network enough, then there's a lot more people that are going to need your skill, not just me, right? Yeah. So that's what it's what it's really come come down to is networking. Um, we had to read a book in high school. Um, it was that how to how to meet people and influence people or something like that. I can't remember the exact title of it, but we had to read that book. And me being kind of the shy person that I was in high school, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll never be one of these people. Well, naturally, I've kind of become one of these people. Um, I've realized that I'm the person that says, hey, you can do this, you can do that, you guys need to meet, and then go. And then I'm out of the picture, right? I, yeah. And I don't care. That I've realized that's really my purpose, at least in this, this whole liberty movement. And, and in life, too. You know? I've, I've helped people connect to get people jobs and things like that. Um, but, you know, it's finding your place in the world, not just the liberty movement, that really can you know that that just motivates you it just comes natural um just making those connections networking and then making connections and then you just you just made two people become friends and you just got to be happy with that that they're the friends now yep. that you're you're on to make and the next you know two friends that are going to work <laughs> together and do great things so you, you got to find your place in the world you got to find your place in the movement and uh and if that means growing tomatoes then fucking yeah yeah, no, and I, I think uh, growing tomatoes, having chickens, getting your hands a little dirty, honestly, that's one of the best ways to do it. So, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, and learn. It's it's a learning curve with everything. You just learn. Don't be afraid oh, yeah. to fail. You you will fail. Oh, you're going to fail. Well, and God, but just learn pick from up a those book, failures. too, you know? Yep. Like, I mean, we have the internet. We have, yeah. I mean, YouTube, as much as I talk shit about YouTube, um, it's a great learning resource I, i've saved so much money by going to youtube and fixing things like on my truck by myself youtube um, university <laughs> yeah, oh yeah and and, it, and it's legit you know it, you take these resources before while the before, while they're still here right while you can still find them and easily access them because you know the the i feel like the more and more things that we know how to do with our hands they're gonna be going away oh yeah um, machining, welding. They don't want you to know how to machine. They don't want you to know how to run a three-axis mill. Oh, no. Because then you can make a gun, right? No. You can do... They don't want you to know these things, so learn them while you can. If you know somebody that can do these things, just ask them, hey, uh, hey, can you teach me how to weld one day? Uh, I might be like, sure, just bring the material, because I can't afford it, but yeah. <laughs> I'll show you how to weld. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's... Just ask people. Just ask. If the worst that you're going to hear is no. Yeah. No, I'm not going to teach you that thing. All right, douchebag, fine. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Just, and, right, and just move on and find else. the next person. Exactly, because somebody else out there is willing to teach you how to do something that you want to learn how to do. Yeah, A asking questions, honestly. It's the, I, I've never been set back in life by asking a question. I've only, nope. I, I've only gotten better. I've only gained knowledge, you know. It's asking questions is one of the most valuable things ever, which does lead and me. And there really is no such thing as a stupid question. No, there isn't. There, there, there really, really is not. Well, I mean, I've, I've heard there, there uh, is. I, there. I've heard some people ask some stupid questions, but I'm, you know, it's mainly <laughs> the person. So, but <laughs> right. that that does ask me or lead me to uh, to ask, uh, how'd you get into the uh, 3D printing? Um. Uh, a Facebook coupon. <laughs> it really That's was such a an awesome coupon. answer. So, um, so I had been wanting to get into 3D printing for a long time, like a really long time, like back when like your run of the mill machine was like a couple grand. Yeah, I couldn't afford that shit. I still can't afford that shit. 
thus brings me to the the Facebook coupon. Um, there was a computer store. They're they're nationwide. I have a couple in my area, and it, they had a sale on an Ender Three Pro, hundred dollars off, and then this Facebook coupon for another hundred dollars off. So I got an Ender Three Pro for a hundred dollars, and that that started my actually physically printing um, process, and that that was fairly new. Um, yeah. I've had it for nine months, about six, maybe six months, maybe six months, and. Uh, it takes up too much of my time. My wife gets really pissed <laughs> off at me. Um, my my my, it's sitting right next to me. I don't even want to show you my workbench. It's just a mess right now. There's PLA bits all over the place, and and, and you know, parts all over the place. Um, but it's it's a hobby. It is fun, yeah. and it's really fun. And you can, if you can think it, and if you have um, a bit of an aptitude for for writing CAD files and manipulating things in 3D space on the computer, um, you're, you, that's, that's it. You know, you're, they're, they're screwed, right? Yeah. Um, because it, it'll allow you to really, really practice anarchy. Yeah. Um, you, you could, you could theoretically make almost anything you wanted on a 3D printer. Almost. Uh, on yeah. the Ender 3 Pro. Not the ones that extrude metal. Just these yeah. plastic ones. Um, and it, it really is... Um, I don't want to like sound like too romantic, but it really is the future um, of freedom and liberty. Yeah. Um, it... It's kind of it's kind of, it's it sounds weird. I, I sound weird talking about. It, I feel like because the, the the realm of possibilities with three D printers um, is kind of astounding to me. Right? It, you, we're we're not we're not talking just about little things around your house, or not even talking about firearms. We're talking about you know three D printing things so people can walk again that cost yeah. dollars as opposed to tens of thousands of dollars. Um, it's it's and there's nothing they can do to stop you from doing those things right you they cannot stop you from being creative Can't making stop things the files. and and right and f and physically uh print those things out um now new jersey you have to have a uh an ffl to own any uh firearm file yeah. which is crazy um but yeah the file Talk and and that's a <laughs> yeah right and that's a great freaking that's a great example of agorism is the 3d printing community because you can go to like thingiverse and find thousands and thousands and thousands of files of almost anything um yeah. gutter guards they got them um uh you know t-rex arms for your chickens they got them yeah um <laughs> and all they ask if, if is if you want to sell them you just you just ask for the licensure and They'll give the most of the time they give it to you. Then you can print the things and sell them yourself. So yeah. it's not even like like people want to make money off of this thing. They this is like agorism to the nth degree. It's it's beautiful what the three D community does. Um, I'm I'm still just new in it compared to how long some of these people have been into it and what they're able to do. Um, I'm just a huge proponent of it. I talk about it every chance I get. Um, and it's fun, and it's a great if you are for looking for a hobby and you like to create things. The three D printer is amazing; it really, really is. Yeah, that's I, I've been looking at getting into it just because of the the pure freedom. I mean, the the firearms is one thing, and God, we could have an entire episode just talking about just that alone. You know, um, we we really we really could. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing just what what the community has going on and. I mean, what what's happened and, you know, the, the ups and downs of everything. But then just the idea of uh, undercutting uh, industry in general, like it can really overthrow the monopoly that certain companies like Amazon has mm -hmm. on so many things. Like yep. it, it really it really puts uh, those types of monopolies into in, into the obsolete, you know, it, this, uh, what well, the, the freedom, you, you imagine just, you could just, yeah, just home manufacture anything you want. Yeah. 
just just anything. As long as your your printing bed is big enough, if you can dream it, you can print it. And, and that's that's what we need to get to. We need to get everybody 3D printing. Um, it's it it really is the way the way of the future. It, it's it's the way that we're going to be able to practice our natural rights when everything else has been taken away from us, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, rest in peace, Jay Stark. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I, I I would love to do one of those one day. Yeah. One day. Yeah, that's uh that that's on my list. A uh, a functional vase. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's wild, man. It's we. I I believe it as libertarians, as as agorists, as as, as just people, just living in the the former shell that was once america i i we have we we are in the perfect time to honestly take back what what this country is actually meant to be um and we can do it in many peaceful ways uh which which i think is still amazing uh the the ability to opt out the ability to 3d print these anything (laughs) um i mean granted there there might be a day when push comes to shove you know that there are lines in the sand uh and i think uh i could uh probably speak for most people that we don't want to see this happen you know that that's not something we want to see happen um but if it were to happen, better it happened now than later, you know? Let me suffer so my children don't have to. But Exactly. Um That is that is my my biggest thing. Yeah. Um I I especially with now, um I'm losing my job in December. Yeah. Um there's no way around it. Um I, I could f- try to seek a, a religious exemption. But that's just playing their game, right? And I, I, I don't want to play into it at all. Um, I'm not getting the vaccine on my own decision. I don't think nobody should get the vaccine. I just, it's not. For, I'm not getting it. It's not for me. Um, my son won't be getting it when they eventually make it for two to four year olds or whatever the hell they decide. Um, so I'll, I'll be losing my job on December eighth, and I could just comply and and just you yeah. Know, just keep my job and keep that safety and comfort but it's it's now is the time to make a stand because when my son in 10 15 years when he's you know a teenager early 20s we're going to look back on this time and, and and the people that that didn't comply or the people that you know powered through this and still kept their sanity and their their ideas of liberty and freedom you know, their kids, that's going to pass on to their kids. And and I want my son to look, to ask me in 10, 15, 20 years, Dad, what did you do, you know, what did you do to fight this bullshit? Because not enough people fought it and now we're all, you know, under constant surveillance and shit. Well, I, I can tell him I did this, I did that, and I did this, you know. And I, I don't know what else is going to come. I don't know what else we're going to have to do. But I know so far of what I've done, um, I'm choose. I'm losing my my job. I mean, that's that's fucking terrifying. And it's yeah. not because I want to leave my job. It's the government. Literally, the government is forcing me out of my job. I mean, do you ever think you'd hear that in in America? Uh, in, in 2021, the United States government is forcing me out of my job because I don't want an experimental vaccine. So yeah. it's you, we have to, we have to make a stand now. You have to you have to draw your line in the sand and draw it really hard really deep so that no matter what wave comes up it you don't forget where that line is because people are drawing their lines but they're forgetting where they are and they're stepping back and they're stepping back and they're stepping back well eventually you're going to fall off that cliff that's behind you that you don't even know is behind you so you really have to draw your line in the sand draw it really fucking hard know exactly where it is and when that line gets crossed, you have to be able, you have to stand up. You have to push against this, right? Um, you, you can only defend yourself for so long before you have to go on the offensive when you have no other choice. 
Yeah. So we as a, a, a collective, as much as you know, we hate collectives. <laughs> yeah. But that's what this 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 really falls down on is us yeah. as as a as a complete you know as a population for this country, is that the majority of us have to stand up and and define our line in the sand and stand to it because. As soon as you falter, they're just going to take those rights away. Take them away, take them away, take them away. Yeah. So fucking draw your line in the sand and know where it is and keep your eye on it because those those boots are going to be treading on that line real soon. Oh, yeah. You don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, now now's our time. You know, that's... Uh, if... Uh, America means anything. If our freedom means anything, the, this is the hill to die on, you know. And uh, yep, and same thing with workers. Um, the, the, there's, there's workers leaving, voluntarily leaving their jobs in, yeah. in in mass right now. If you have a skill, now is the time to start your own business. Now is the time to network with all these other people that are leaving their jobs with skills, and then you can, you know, you have a network of tradesmen that you can. Okay, I'll do this job, and then I'll give it to you. You can do this job, and then before you know it, you have a business without ever being an actual business. Like, and that's what we have to start doing. We yeah. have to start taking advantage of people that have skills, people that can do things, make things, uh, or ha- ideas, and yeah. put them out into you know physical reality, and just come together and do this shit yeah. because. It's, it, the government's not going to do it. They're not. They're going to take everything away from us. So yeah, know. and I'll 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 go and say uh, learn how to use some cryptocurrency. Dip into the silver bullion, the gold bullion. Mm-hmm. Get some gold backs. Fuck a business license. You know. Start oh, doing yeah, everything under license. the table. Fuck the IRS. You know. Just mm-hmm. do what you need to do for your family, your community, and. Exactly. We'll we'll make it through, and honestly, and, that's that's a peaceful way to do it too. We just decide to not play their game, just yep. stop doing it, you know. So. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's it goes across the board with everything. Even if you do have to keep fiat currency, don't keep it in a bank. Yeah, you know, don't keep it. They, the, your, your money goes away. You're just hoping when you you know, put in your pin and that cash comes out of the ATM that your cash is actually available for you to pull out. People exactly. Don't that. The the bank uses your money as they please, right? Well, and, and just don't keep all of your like wealth that. in it, you know? Diversify. Yeah. Just, even Diversify if it's not a bullion or crypto or anything else, just get something else worth a value that you could trade, you know? Even mm-hmm. if that means taking that uh, fiat currency and learning that new skill, you know? Paying a... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, listening to Tom Woods or whatever, and use his uh, uh, his uh, coupon code uh, Woods for Skillshare or whatever. You know, <laughs> it's just something. Do something to better yourself, to uh, diversify, whether it's skill, value, whatever. You know, it's like I said. I I think I I'm honestly really white pilled. As uh, dark as things are, um, we we have the perfect opportunity to come out way stronger than I think we've probably ever seen in our lifetime in this country. So just really takes uh, growing a pair, standing up, mm-hmm. you know, ladies putting yep. their big girl if, panties on and guys manning up, putting their big boy panties on and just <laughs> doing it. So, right. If it, if it was hopeless that we wouldn't, they wouldn't need their propaganda. Yeah. And their constant lies. So remember that. Remember the, the moment you stop seeing propaganda pushed or you stop seeing things being misconstrued or lied about, then you know it's hopeless. Um, it, they, they rely on, that, on those lies and our fear. Just stop being scared. Stop listening to them. Do what's best for you. Um, and that's, all, that's really that's what it comes down to. Stop listening to them. Listening, listen to yourself, and yep. do what you have to do. Damn right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up here. You know, and it was honestly, it was a great conversation. This was a fucking blast. I knew it was going to be great. Yeah, this is fun. So, uh, want to um, let people know uh, where they can uh, find you, where they can come and support you, drop you a line, whatever. Um, sure. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, 
handle is at Suburban Agorist, capital S. Um, I'm I'm always on Twitter, but I'm not always posting. So if you want to just message me, I'll I'll, I'll see it. Um, uh, I've been on, and I plan on being again here soon on a Not a Real Liberty Luau podcast, part of a Bootleg Libertarians Not a Real Libertarian Network, um, with Nick <laughs> O'Day as the host. Yeah. Um, so I plan on being on there again soon. Um, and then, speaking of bootleg and Nick O'Day, um, we're working on something, and uh, I guess I think it got announced tonight on Nick's show. Um, we are starting, some of us that are left of what was the RCLP um, are starting a coalition. It's called the Revolution Coalition. Um, we aren't aligning with the LP per se. We're not aligning with any political party. Um, we are more so trying to prepare people for what we were talking about earlier, you know, growing food, livestock, um, firearms training, physical training, um, just getting into that mindset. Um, so right now, we actually are in works with Natalie Bruno right now to work on some basic um, firearm safety videos. Um, so that'll be... That'll be us, the Revolution Coalition, and Natalie Bruno putting those videos out. Um, we're going to start working on them soon, hopefully. So look out for those. Um, so yeah, that's Hell that's yeah. something to look out for. Um, if you follow Bootleg or Nico Day on Twitter, you may have seen some hints dropped, um, and that's kind of all I can say right now. Um, but we're we're hoping to encapsulate the Liberty Movement as a whole and uh, just help people. That's what we want to do. We just want to help yeah. people. Yeah, that's great. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, keep in touch with all of you guys, and uh, I'll be promoting the shit out of that. Because cool. honestly, that's uh, that's the main reason I started my podcast was uh, really to build community. Uh, whether the community is across state lines or across country lines, I don't give a shit. It's uh, building a community of like-minded people, connecting with other podcasters exactly. and everybody else. So yeah, we'll, uh, I'll definitely be pushing that on my channel. So, and uh, dope. That's good to know. Oh yeah, definitely. All the other listeners, uh, check out uh, Rise to Liberty at risetoliberty.com. And uh, for a uh, really awesome news channel and uh, meme channel, bullshit channel, go to risetoliberty.com/free speech for the Telegram channel. For as long as that's free, because fuck all these other social media platforms. So. <laughs> All right, Brian, it was a pleasure talking to you. We'll have you back on. It was great. Thanks, Jacob. Have a good one, man. Yeah, you too.